2: Today's episode is kind of different. We're doing an in-person podcast, which I almost never do, but I'm here in New York City right now. Today, it's actually Wednesday, March 16th, but I'm leaving today. I recorded this episode a couple days ago with Mary Kane, who you guys I'm sure are familiar with. She is the founder of an elite team here in New York City called Atalanta. It is also a nonprofit. She's doing a lot of cool things in the running world. She also just transitioned into triathlon, she joined the USAT CRP a couple months ago, and it's been awesome to follow her journey and also just talk to her about a bunch of different things on this podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. We just hit a thousand reviews on Apple Podcasts. Oh my gosh, you guys are the best. I literally was so excited when we finally got to that 1K number. It's so awesome to see how much you guys love the podcast. Sometimes it's hard for me because I don't, you know, see people in person and like talk to them about my podcast very much, so it's nice to just get... I guess validation when it comes to your guys' ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. So it means the world and it helps me out so much. So I really appreciate it. Now let's get into today's episode with Mary. Before we get into today's episode, I want to talk about one of my favorite sponsors of the podcast who've been supporting me for over a year now, like basically since the podcast started and that is Green Chef. Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company. They make eating well, easy with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or you're just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Their expert chefs curate every recipe so you can enjoy nutritious restaurant quality dishes at home without compromising on taste. Right now you can go to greenchef.com coldbrew130 and use code coldbrew130 to get $130 off plus free shipping that is greenchef.com slash cold 130 and use code cold brew 130 to get 130 dollars off plus free shipping mary kane i'm so excited to have you on my podcast Since I started this in, like, 2020, I feel like you had been on, like, top of my list of being a guest on the podcast, so thank you for coming on. And also, we're doing it live, which I think I've done one live podcast before, out of like all my episodes, so I'm excited. Thank you for inviting me into your home as well. Yeah,
3: of course, and thanks for coming up. It makes it so much easier for me. <laughs> I know <laughs> it was just quick, like 30 minutes on the subway. It's all good. Yeah, that's the thing people don't know about New York, where it's like everything is 30 minutes away. Yeah, I don't understand how the math works, but like I was down in Battery City today. That's 30 minutes away. Midtown's 30 minutes away. Like Van Cortlandt's 30 minutes away. Like. It doesn't make sense.
2: No, literally. It's so true. I didn't even look at the maps. I was like, probably 30 minutes away. I look, it's exactly 30 minutes on my Google Maps.
3: 100%. And I was like,
2: good. Planning for this. We love it. Well, in case people don't know who you are
3: which would be surprising do you want to just like tell the podcast a little bit about yourself sure um that's so funny i haven't been asked to do that in a while so i feel like my answer is going to leave so many holes because i feel like i'm 25 and yet I've lived like 40 different lives oh
2: you're point. telling me like i feel like i move every five seconds so people are like oh, i don't know anything about you like give me even my friends are like Okay, what's new? What's like what yeah. What's changing your life? Like, what revolution have
3: you had? You 100%. know, like, yeah. I got that from my sisters. But I guess um, what I'll how I'll um, like describe myself, <laughs> which that's so funny. Um, I'm Mary. I have been, I guess, within the world of sports for about a decade, which is kind of probably the main reason I'm on this podcast. Um, <laughs> and my life within the world of sports has evolved from um, professional runner to um, founder of a nonprofit and professional running team here locally um, in which we employ professional female runners to not only train and race um, to achieve their dreams in sport but also to give back to the next generation um, and I've done a lot of kind of different work um, between kind of achieving those two goals and now I'm on a new adventure of doubling in triathlon, So, yeah, it's been a long 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only 25. <laughs> no, same. But literally, I am so
2: curious about, like, every single aspect of that, because first of all, you, okay, so you live in New
3: York now. You grew up in the Bronx, so, misconception, <laughs> I grew up in Bronxville. Bronxville. Which is, like, the opposite. Okay. Where we're like, a snooty, like, all-white town in Westchester.
2: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Completely going over my head. I'm from San Diego, so I literally don't know anything about New York. You could tell me that you live... I don't even know any of the names <laughs> of anything. Um, how was I living in New York? growing up, just, like, being a runner.
3: Yeah. Was it good? <laughs> I mean, I would say that, like, in in a macro sense, New York was an incredibly competitive state. You understand this being from California. Yeah. There's two states that matter. Sorry, everybody else.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Literally. I think faithful manlius
3: and... Anyone got California? <laughs> yeah, yeah, It was like I was always like one of the individual kids at NXN, and people would be like, "You're from New York, or are you an FM?" And I'd be like, "Do I look cool enough? <laughs> Do I like literally I mean, look intense and
2: like jacked, like?" <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, but no, I I would say it was uh, it was really great competitively, um, because I had a lot of role models in the area, even just like having like the New Jersey kids. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, being like two years under Audrey Wilson made it so that like, you know. So many people now ask me, like, who were your role models growing up? And they expect me to, like, insert, like, Insta model, running girl. And I'm always like, I don't know, like, the girls who were around me, who were at, like, my county meet and then my state meet and then nationals. And Mm -hmm. I was lucky to have a lot of people who were, even when I was on the national level, still very local who I could look up to. So I think, um, you know, in that sense it was really awesome but I think on the opposite end of that it it also kind of exposed me to like the toxic side of running um on like the high school circuit of just like way too competitive parents who were just in that world of like our kids go to the olympics um while I would be much more the person who's like I had fun and I'm gonna go get a milkshake <laughs> and again I'm sure being from California like you relate to that where um there's um a privilege that comes from coming from, like, a, a wealthy community, and I think, um, you know, I, I had the opportunities to, to see a lot of the sport mm-hmm. as a result. Yeah, that's, like, so interesting. I always wondered
2: what it was like in New York, because, yeah, from California, it's like, you see everyone looks so intense and everything, but California was the same. I mean, you kind of, because it's such a big state, you have a mix of everything, but Southern California especially, like, I ran youth track and field too, and it was, like, just as intense. <laughs> it's just very very interesting to see like the differences between different states but
3: how did you get into running in general yeah so I grew up a swimmer Mm -hmm. um and that was like my primary sport up until I would say like eighth grade um but all throughout elementary school if you asked me what sports I did I would have been like I swim and I run now looking back I like ran in gym class and like there was one week at the end of the year where we had like track and I'm just like what what I didn't run what am I talking about but like I knew from a very young age that I was like the best kid in the school and I would look back now and like it wasn't cockiness it was just like I had such an inner like yeah I'm a good runner <laughs> like, yeah, it was course. just the truth <laughs> like honestly so in fifth grade it had become pretty well known that I was like very fast and again this this Probably also just highlights like how weird of a town I grew up in, where like people did care a lot about running, and in such a way that they were like watching like random fourth graders and being like, oh, this can't be good. <laughs> like like kind of creepy, honestly. And so I did um, a mile time trial as a fifth grader, and I ran like six ten, and then a year later I ran a five forty seven mile. And so you know by the time I was in sixth grade, there was this kind of like, hey, you could be on like the varsity track team. Um so what I decided to do um going into 7th grade was I swam in the fall and swam in the winter and then come the spring I decided to do my first ever season of track. Um and I guess that's really when I like started running in a not just one week of the year in gym class or sort of Yeah, way. Yeah, that makes
2: sense. I like you were so good in high school. I'm like very curious how that was for you just being so good. I mean I was like, I was roommates with Sarah Baxter. Like, I just, I don't know. It's just being such an icon. <laughs> How was that? Like, did you know that you were an icon? <laughs> I guess in
3: the running world, it's just so curious. I need your point of view on what yeah. that was like. So had you asked me when I was in high school, I would have been like, Emma, three people run. So three people know who I am. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that, was, that was the world that I lived in. And I think what part of it is is that I I grew up in such a small town um, that truthfully like people were pretty mean to me on my track team. Um, And looking back, I'm like, yeah, I ran really really well, and parents were crazy, and they wanted their kids to win, and it makes sense why I kind of went through this like weird bullying situation as a kid. Um, But I think because I kind of had this like not super great team experience. I was much more like my friends are the kids who were in school with me and my three sisters don't run and my parents don't know what's going on. And so I almost was in this bubble, um, which I think was both amazing, but also kind of set me up to be very naive to like the inner workings of sport outside of kind of this high school space. Um, So pros and cons.
2: Yeah. Being so good. Like, what do you think? made, like, was it the training? Do you think it was just natural talent? Like, people, like, because people ask me all the time, they're like, I don't know, because you kind of know that you're good right away, but was there anything that you did specifically in high school where you're like, this is what made me, like, super amazing?
3: I honestly really, really, really worry about kids right now. Really? Yeah, because I think they actually are training. In a way that, like, (laughs) honestly, we just weren't. Did you see yesterday, that
2: girl (laughs) ran a (laughs) 944 I almost threw up I'm just
3: hoping it's the shoes and <laughs> like, I've had this conversation with people where people are like oh my god like everybody's close to breaking records and first of all I'm like amazing <laughs> go get them go crush them like please that's amazing but I'm also sitting there like I didn't really train for those times and you just see some of these girls now and the way they're kitted out and you're just like if I can give them one piece of advice it's like you know maybe you should only run in like 40 miles a week. Like if you're really doing that much more than that, like make sure it's because you've built up to that point and not because like you're watching a professional marathon or on Strava run 130 miles a week, you know? Um, and I think that's where for me, it's like there's programs, especially in college that you do see like seem to be doing it really, really, really well with progressing girls now. Um, but other programs, yeah. Some of these girls are probably looking at them like, "I'm gonna have to run 100 miles a week when I join there, so I better be at 80 now." And I'm just like, "80 miles? Me and week. Emma were like going on ice cream runs back in the. Literally, day. Literally, I was
2: <laughs> beelining into McDonald's to get ice cream cone in the middle
3: of. Because we didn't have, and like I say, this is like we're old ladies now because we didn't have social media. It's all social now. media. All social media, and I I think my only. Regret in some ways about the times that I ran when I did is that I wish I could have jumped up and down and been screaming like I don't really do very much. Like, back off, kids. <laughs> like, don't necessarily look at these and be like, I have to run this time because Mary did. Yeah. Do it because like you're like I'm naturally progressing to there. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I don't know I'm do. naturally talented <laughs> and <laughs> and like going there. And I think I say a lot of this because i i love I do love this sport so much, and I think sometimes I just hope I had a positive impact on it and I sometimes look at you know the the like big picture of my career and I believe that I did, but sometimes it's like those tough times that I may be set. I'm just like I hope girls you should never be comparing yourself to anything. And if anything, you should be hearing what I say and be like, girl, I'm running 20 miles a week, and mean, that time, like, don't tell me to go 40. Like, that's what I want somebody yeah. to do at me with that energy. Yeah.
2: What about, like, puberty? Like, how did you navigate that? Do you think you could have done, like, a better job of navigating it? Because I, I look back, going through puberty and everything, it's, like, such a hard time. 100 Of, like, especially being a female in the sport. Like, it just it's a rough time period a lot of like high school girls
3: college girls go through it what was like your experience yeah so I think my experience was the New York Times piece Where- <laughs> like in retrospect I think a lot of what was happening to me during that time was I think I went through like I got my period not late like I had it nat- like this is actually within like for my family what's like reasonable but I didn't get it until my sophomore year of high school so I didn't get mine until I was 22 so (laughs) yeah yeah and like the thing is everybody progresses differently but I remember when I got it it was one of those things where I started probably going through puberty more like you know you know it kind of usually takes a while so like probably that sophomore year of high school through sophomore year of college was when I was going through the bulk of it and I just look back at that time and you know early on when I was at home and I was surrounded by family, it was this very positive, like, of course, like, we're still gonna go out for milkshakes. And then, you know, the Oregon Project situation happened and there was such a, like, you have to fight your body. Um, And I think if I, of course, could have done anything differently, it would have been put on my middle finger to that and been like, hell no, (laughs) like, girls gotta eat. (laughs) Um, And so I I would say for a lot of young people, I, I think the narrative has changed around puberty where it's like this should be something that's like respected, celebrated, supported, and not suppressed, fought against, and seen as a negative. Um, but I think sometimes what's hard for kids is that you know and and this is something that I, I talked to some of my really close friends in sport about is that I just hope sometimes people are really... Understanding that like you can talk the talk and walk the walk right because I do feel Some of the people who talk about these issues are kind of like me who you're like well She doesn't really run very much anymore Um, and I think sometimes it's some of the women who have been very very successful in sport Who I think we need to sometimes hear a little bit more from them? Um, and even if it's the honest like yeah, I didn't do it well or it hit like whatever um I just think that would be help, more helpful if we still kept pushing this. Like, it's not a, Mary, check that off by doing the New York Times piece and traumatizing everybody. Now we move on. Stop. <laughs> like, let's keep talking about it. Yeah. No, I agree. And,
2: I mean, I feel like you just don't, especially in our generation, because there was no social media or anything, it's like you had no idea how to handle it, really. 100%. And, I mean, even coaches don't know how to handle it. like. No a lot of the time. I feel like it is getting better because more people are talking about it, but I do agree that it needs to be, like, talked about more, just, like, the entire process of going through puberty and people's experiences, because, like, I mean, it is possible to get through it and, like, become a better runner. Like, obviously, it's possible. Like, you need, you need to go through puberty to become a better runner. Like, yes. you, but like you said, the more you fight against it, like, the, wor- <laughs> the worse it is. So, th- I mean, I always preach, like, just letting your body do 100%. whatever it needs to do, especially, like, in high school. Yes. Eat all the food. Let your body, like, gain weight. Let your hips widen. Like, things will work out in the end, but the more you fight it, the worse it becomes. And I do think, like, I mean, with your your piece and everything and just, like, people being more open, I feel like it is becoming a more, like, talked-about topic. But, yeah, I mean, it'll just be, like, interesting to see... I don't know, over the course of the next couple of years or, like, the next 20 years, like, how big of an impact social media social media has on everything. Yes. With, like, the future generation of runners, everything with, like, puberty, eating disorders in the running yes. world. Like, I'm just so curious to see. But, I don't know, it's awesome, like, people like you just being so open about your experience. And I always just admire people that are, like, vulnerable in the running world because it's hard. No one... I don't know. I feel like no one... It's, like, so secretive that... Yeah. And small world. <laughs>
3: it, it is. And I, I, this is actually a conversation I recently had with somebody um, a, a, where I was trying to give them constructive criticism about some of the ways they've been handling social media. And I think what how I kind of look at the future is I'm like, I think it'll generally be better, but I think it's going to be worse in some ways because of social media. And I what I was kind of saying to this one woman was that, you know, if you're going to become an advocate in something, like, you actually have to educate yourself like you have to put in the time you have to put in the work you have to get uncomfortable like it's really hard and I think a lot of people after my piece were kind of like oh I'm a runner I'm a woman I'm gonna start talking about these issues and I just kind of they're like "Oh, please stop because to a to a degree that's good But when you, you know, to put it kind of bluntly, like, if you have women who are maybe talking about some of these issues, and like, clearly still have an eating disorder, right? Like, based on their mannerisms, based on how they post, based on things they talk about around food, you're kind of just left being like, this isn't the best thing to do, because you're going to have a young girl looking at that person being like, well, they say they have a healthy relationship with food, and they look like that, so I should look like that. And I think, you know, there's so much need in social media for like, everybody to feel like... They're relevant on topics. Um, And I think it's creating this situation where, like, some of these issues are becoming almost watered down because, like, every woman who's always posting a picture of themselves with six-pack abs, like, at some point has a sponsor that tells them they should talk about periods, and they hashtag periods. And then I'm just sitting there in the corner screaming into a void, like, help, (laughs) stop, everybody. Um, And this sounds very, like, critical. That's not the intention I'm really trying to have but it's more to say that a lot of people haven't worked through their shit yet and until you've done that and until you've really taken the time to be like hey, either I have a problem or the sport has a problem or we all have a problem (laughs) it's just you're kind of just like looking at your circle of friends who all look and think the same and you're kind of diminishing this really, really important Message to young people, and so I think to me I'm like if you're whether a young person or a pro or whoever you are in this sport, take a look at your social media presence, and be like, okay, what, what am I posting? Like, is this always mean in a sports bra and shorts? Like, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for me to like think about like, hey, are there ways for me to like pull other people into these shots? And it's not that I'm saying like hide your body from people, but it's more like if it's always this kind of like you know, you're really only following all the other white runners or like you're only following fellow professionals and you're not seeing people like across the spectrum of sport or people with different opinions or people who are doing things differently. I think it can just get you into a mindset of like, this is normal. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you're not always communicating the right message in your shirtless photo, Yeah, right? If you want to do that every single day, awesome go for it but maybe make sure the message isn't always like I'm body positive but I weigh 100 pounds Mm -hmm. that's probably not helping people Um, and I don't know I guess I'm I say all this with the like mindset that like I know people follow me and and are looking to me and asking me questions and um, (laughs) not everybody necessarily has that pressure Um, but I also feel like Whether you have one follower Or five million You know You should be a little bit conscientious of like How is this affecting other people And is there, you know, try to minimize your harm Mm -hmm. I'm very curious Like what What do you think would help like the female running
2: world Right now? I mean there's obviously like I mean, from my perspective, there is a a big problem with, I mean, body image, body dysmorphia, eating disorders. Like, what do you think is a solution, or Mm -hmm. what do you think would help benefit
3: the community in general in that sense? Uh, To me right now, there's like one word that I always come back to, and it's agency. Um, And what I mean by that is I, I feel there's a lot of people who, at the end of the day, do not realize their power. And like do not realize the voice they could have and the things they could do. And as a result, we have this kind of like put it kind of blunt, like fake sense of empowerment within the professional running world. Where it's like a lot of people who are on the same teams that always existed, have the same sponsorship model that ever existed, are working with the same agents that have always been around, are now just kind of like using hashtags to say like we're happy International Women's Sports Day and you're just kinda of looking at them like, honey, like I know the position you're in. And it's one in which it's a very fear-driven system where um your power is by how you look and how fast you are, based on just how you are paid. Like we are paid to run fast, unless you're pretty and then you maybe get paid a little more, right? <laughs> like I'm sorry, that just <laughs> that is the system. And everybody who wants to turn a blind eye to it isn't being real about that and you see these things really come to a head in moments where you know there was a top agent who was accused and it was reported on across multiple media outlets that he was like abusing NCAA athletes there was not a professional woman who stood up and said anything about it and and sometimes you know I'm in this position where you know I don't know this individual personally I don't I've actually never interacted with people within that group but you hear that secondhand stories about them you hear the third-hand stories about them you hear the four I mean this sport is small it's so small and you're sitting here being like these are the same women who are hashtagging International Women's Day and then they can't stand up to the NCAA girls to like support them who are abused by this man like I'm sorry it cre- the reason that's a thing is because people are scared to leave somebody like that people are scared because that guy bullies them too And they might post things and say things, we might feel we're going in the right direction, but when you have a structure that only gives people opportunities by how fast they are and how they look, it really does create so much fear. And so I think the only way for things to really change is for it to be like, let's burn that model down. Let's say, no, that's not the only way that we can support ourselves. I can have a voice, I can have a say, I have meaning outside of just those two things Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of way that's why I structured my organization the way I did and it's because I, I think there's a lot of people who want to create change but they do not realize that at its core they don't have a voice right now and until you take that power back into your hands you know there's there is this always existing pressure and I don't see anybody standing up against it, besides maybe the people who did go off and find contracts for themselves that aren't structured around that. Like, it's not to literally say it's just me on an island. Like, I do not want them Mm -hmm. (laughs) to come across. But there are very, very few people, and I I think that's why, to to go on this tangent, um, sprinters, jumpers, and throwers – tend to be some of the best advocates that we actually see within our sport. And the reason is, is because they are just not financially supported by the sport. Like they hustle and have to get extra work. They go out and they find other ways to support themselves. Like they are not paid 90% of the time in the traditional model. And as a result, you have people like Gwen Berry who are out really kind of fighting the good fight of sport. And I think it's because they're not, they. Comparatively, have agency, but in a way where you're like, why do they have to do like, yeah. why, like why do they have to go create something for themselves? So it's like, it's this flawed system of like you're either outside of it or you're in it, and I just feel we could find something in the middle.
2: <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Inside Tracker. When you do what you love, like running, like racing, like enjoying the great outdoors, you want to do it for life, and Inside Tracker can help. InsideTracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, InsideTracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then, Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer and healthier life. They also have these awesome new recovery pro tips and they take personalized health recommendations to the next level by offering you science-backed recovery techniques, conveniently delivered right after wrapping up your workout. Today, I did a 60-minute bike workout and let's see what my recovery pro tip is for the day. I just opened up the app. Right now, it's saying that my My deep sleep was a little low at 5%. That's not very good. And they're telling me to control the temperature and humidity in my bedroom to help me get more deep sleep. This is the kind of personalized insight that's typically experienced with exclusive and expensive sports dietitians and other professionals. And now it's available to you within the Inside Tracker app. Right now, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash Emma to get that 20% off. Link is in the show notes. I'm also curious though, because it's like there's not money in professional. I mean, there is money if you're, the best Mm -hmm. in professional running Mm -hmm. how do you think there could be more money in the sport for like the sprinters jumpers throwers like how can people make a living like I don't know everyone talks about everyone like all the agents everyone they want to change the sport they want to bring more people into it like do we add gambling do we do this Mm -hmm. how do you think that we can bring more money into the sport of track and field for the professional athletes that are
3: working their butts off to try to make a living off of it. 100%. Why are there only 10 companies that pay people? <laughs> <laughs> like let's just start right there. Like there are running shoe brands that pay people. I'm always curious like why is it only shoes? <laughs> because it's only been shoes. But inertia. is there, but is there like like a body in motion stays in motion, a body at rest stays at rest. Like we have been this model since track existed.
2: Is there rules, like, against, like, within USATF that you can't have other sponsors, like, on your jerseys and stuff?
3: So, that has been part of the problem. USATF has gotten better. I feel, like, pain to even say a word like that to describe USATF. But, I, like, there's, there's rules around, like, now I think you can have, like, one extra thing. Like, there's totally problems. 100%. But we have social media now like races in a way aren't all that matter like there are other things like if anything some of the top runners I think about like god me and Alexi don't even really run <laughs> we're Brian like the top 10 most well-known runners because there's things you can doing outside of running like you're a runner when you are not running there's mm-hmm. 24 hours in a day you're not running for 24 hours um and I think the more we start looking at things with that mindset, the more you start enticing other brands. I mean, Alexi brought champion within the sport of running. Like, that was not a thing until Alexi Pappas. Now there are other athletes who are sponsored by champion. Thank you, Alexi Pappas. Like, the more you have people like that who are saying, like... this going one... against the norms. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, and, of course, like, that's still within the brand sphere of, like apparel Um, and it makes sense because that's you know um, uh, there's like this uh, marketing concept of like endemic brands Mm -hmm. and that is endemic because it's kind of like a a, a, like obvious path within the world of sports Um, but I think there are ways to bring in sponsors that are outside of that and I think you know the more we bring non-endemic brands into the picture they're going to want to support teams. They're going to want to support individuals because they are something more than sports. Like you have so many people who want to support sports and would be excited to have the opportunity. Um, But it just means having people who are willing to say, hey, I'm going to put in the time, I'm going to put in the effort and I'm going to really work hard. And the problem is right now, who is in, who's incentivized to work hard?
2: That's what I'm saying. It's like, is it really in the athlete's hands to,
3: like... No agency. I don't, no to... agency. That's why agency is the problem. Because, yeah. Because here's the thing, and you're going to laugh at this when I say this. The best athletes are the coachable ones, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I hate that word. It makes me so angry when I hear people talk about coachability to kids. Because it's literally telling them, like, hey, shut up. To
2: me, yeah. Be
3: dumb, don't ask questions Like I'm in control Like I think the best Athlete isn't that Model of coachability but it's the one who does ask Questions, the one who is curious, the one who does Come into things, and it's just not Constantly shut down But we're in this weird world of Sport where it's kind of like if I'm not constantly recovering, I'm not going to make it. And so people just watch TV for, like, hours in like, stress and have existential dread, and it's, like, really sad. And, like, there's one person who I used to be friends with who honestly canceled, like, three dinners because they realized they had to go roll instead. Like, that is the world that we're talking about. So the athletes don't feel they have the agency to negotiate for themselves because even sometimes when they do, and, of course, there's some amazing agents. Like, I have some people who i absolutely love in that world Mm -hmm. who are the game changers who are doing the right things i love them but you got a lot who aren't who at the end of the day are like i'm gonna do one week of work and then you're gonna pay me all year and then i'm gonna be mad and kind of mean to you all year like that is a lot of people (laughs) within this sport and so the athletes like i can't piss them off i have to go roll i'm not gonna do anything they have no agency the agent's not gonna go work any harder because they've got a sweet deal for a lot of the year um and then all of a sudden, you're left with this kind of weird world where it's like, who, who's doing what? And at the end of the day, the sportswear brands are like, we only want you in our control because that's to their best interest. And then you just end up with like weirdos like me who are just like, honestly, we- <laughs> like, I, I have always wanted to go into an altruistic career since I was younger. And I really do just see a mission that, like, I want to grab onto and I want to try to create change. Um, And so I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. But from experience, like, it's really hard.
2: Yeah, I was very (laughs) curious. Like, that's where I was going to pivot to next. Like, how is the whole process going with Atalanta?
3: It's been amazing. Mm -hmm. It honestly really, really has been. I think sometimes it's soul-sucking when I make the rookie mistake of, like, dipping my toe back into the endemic space and being like, wait, maybe maybe they are better now and then i get shooting the head and i'm like oh stop it mary we already do this stop (laughs) sorry everybody um but i would say it's it's made for me the proof of concept clear that this works like there are people who want to support um women athletes who are doing things differently like Mm -hmm. end of sentence they're a billion percent are um i think what i realize is it's hard to sometimes get from the like I want to to the actual financial support so of course if anybody's listening to this and be like I'm one <laughs> of those people call me I've got money and I want to give it to you <laughs> 100% um, and I, I think that is definitely hard to go from that like transitional place but it's it's often th- the only times that I have honestly felt down in this whole time creating this is, is whenever I'm talking to the brands who are already in it because they're the ones who are like, yeah, I've been talking to you for three months, and you know what? Here's a coupon code! And you're just like, wait, you've this whole time said you support this. What is it, at the end of the day, that makes that like, final switch not go off? And I think it's because the brands that have benefited from the current model don't actually want to change. Yeah. You have to find brands that are outside of the current model, because they're the ones who are like... Of course, why are those murderers getting away with that? I would never want to be involved in something like that. Um, while brands that are kind of more tangent are a little bit more like, no, I've gotten away with not paying people. I've mm-hmm. gotten away with kind of, like, asking people to do things for free and kind of bullying them into work. And, and I'm saying no to that, and saying no is hard for me because I, I like, always want to help people. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's that's been a like I think a really healthy experience for me but um I've got amazing people on my board who have just kind of made me have a lot more faith in not only humanity but the world of sport yeah um and it's really helped me grow as an individual and as like a woman in business um and so I in no way want people to think that this has been anything other than positive because even those no's have just like reinforced my will to be like hell no we're not doing the normal yeah. three people like to 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 sponsor this team or work with this team um and i think that's been like helpful today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ana luisa
2: anna luisa crafts high quality jewelry pieces at super affordable prices I've been wearing my Ana Luisa earrings for the past like three weeks straight and I am genuinely obsessed. If you've been watching any of my YouTube videos recently or my Instagram stories, I've been wearing these really cute paperclip earrings. I get DMs about them every single day and they are from Ana Luisa and right now you can get my same earrings for 20% off and enjoy 20% off the entire Ana Luisa's website today. All you have to do is go to shop.com a n a l u i s a dot com slash cold brew to get that 20 percent off the brand is carbon neutral from their packaging to their products they also have super cute and unique pieces that make you feel super elegant they have so many styles to choose from and they would seriously make a great gift as well the prices are super fair with pieces starting at only 39 bucks and new jewelry collections are released every single friday i also have a problem with earrings irritating my ears and these I've been, like I said, I've been wearing them for weeks and they are so comfortable and very cute and I've gotten so many compliments on them. Right now you can go to shop.analuisa.com slash cold brew and enjoy 20% off the entire Anna Luisa's website today. That is shop.analuisa.com slash cold cold brew. The link is in the show notes as per usual and go get that 20% off. I'm sure that you will love all of their pieces. Now let's get back into today's episode. How have you dealt with like negative feedback or criticism from, I mean, cause obviously everything has been very public. Like how have you dealt with that? Yeah. So And like just being such a, just doing something completely different, like yeah. just going against the norm of what, you know, professional running is and everything.
3: Yeah. So this is a conversation I had, I think, with Alexi. I feel like I'm going to talk about, like, Alexi 40 times. <laughs> oh, I've already talked about Alexi so many times on my podcast. So. I I, she's my best friend. <laughs> oh so, Alexi. Um, but, you know, I've been, like, under media scrutiny since I was 12. And so that's, at this point, like, at least half my life um, and it, you know, it's grown. Like, that 12-year-old Mary had, like, creepy old men in their basement writing about me. Like, that's not really, like, media scrutiny, per se. I was, like, well, the, let's run, the, people. Like, the, like, the local newspaper. But, like, it still felt hard. Yeah. And, you know, when you're younger, you get messages from old white men who are, like, you know, just like toughen up, thick skin, like get through it, like insert marry in a deep voice. I don't even know that I sound deeper <laughs> on this podcast as I did that. But that was my intention, people. Um, and as I've gotten older, I'm like, that is the worst advice. Because it's from somebody who's not emotionally intellectual. And the older you get, the more you realize, I don't have thicker skin compared to when I was 12. I'm not tougher, I'm not insert any sort of masculine phrases, but what I am is a woman who knows her shit, Mm -hmm. and a woman who's not afraid to be like, no, I really believe in this. Like, that's it.
2: Yeah, belief in yourself and what you're doing, it really (laughs) helps you handle any negative comments towards your way. Yeah.
3: And so the thing is, I think young people are in this really precarious situation where it's it is hard to believe in yourself because you don't even know, like, anything. Yeah. You know, when I was 18, I look back at that girl and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> you thought you were so smart. And, like, I'm going to look back at myself when I'm 60 and be like, that idiot. Like, <laughs> 25. <laughs> like, don't even know what she was doing. Because that's the whole point to life is to constantly <laughs> grow and learn and evolve. And I think what's – because I've had the experience – in the past of like having this media pressure as I've gotten older, the more I realize the only way you get through it, the only way you can get through negative criticism is just to have pure belief in yourself. And I think I've reached a point in my life where I'm like, I know more than a lot of people about like what the not so fun side of sport looks like. And I'm going to take that experience and I'm going to try to help people and I believe that that is a good thing to do. And whether or not I always nail it or is is not even a question. Of course, I'm gonna make mistakes. Of course, there's gonna be things that just because I know that big picture item doesn't mean I know all of the things that it takes to run a business. But the truth is like, I am the first woman to do this within the sport of track and field. Like I have not been able to find somebody who was a woman that started a team that is still current? Like, why the hell did we believe any of those dudes who thought they could do it? Like, I don't know. I think compared to some of the people who formed some of these teams, I've got, I've got a little bit more experience.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting because obviously you being such a good athlete, too, it's like you have the athlete experience... And just like your personality and your drive to better the sport, I think it's just a good combination. But it takes a lot, I think, for people like, I don't know, just going against the norms of what running is because it is so rooted for so long and like the same structure.
3: 100%. It just
2: takes a a specific type of person to to be able to do that. So it's like very interesting and that's why i agree. Agreed. Yeah, I don't know, the whole thing, I'm just so curious to see how it evolves and like, I mean, you just being the change maker. I'm sure people will be following that now. I mean it's easy to follow. Yeah. Way easier to follow than like to pave your own way, you know.
3: So yeah. I I had a conversation, I think this was probably more my mom. Sorry Alexi, I think this was a mom. <laughs> um, where like it was it was around um it was around some other stuff that I was going through that was kind of like being the first person to do something. And I was like, when the hell have I not been that person? Like I went pro when I was seventeen. Like I joined teams that were ridiculous. Like I, I'm just always shooting my shot. Mm-hmm. Um, Love that. <laughs> like see what works. A hundred percent. And I don't do it in a kind of like, I'm aiming completely wide and I don't know what I'm doing. Like it's again comes down to that like belief in yourself. Yeah. Um and I it I say none of this to pat myself on the back. I say this because I wish more people could feel that level of confidence in themselves. And I think there's two big reasons people don't outside of the just like agency on the pro side. It's one, especially as a woman in sport, like we grew up and like who were you looking up to? Like we had like three or four girls who we could like run through the list and like most people weren't watching women's sports on a weekly basis. They're not doing that today. Like, we have social media that makes it so it's easier to follow role models. But like, you know, as a young girl, I wanted to be a professional athlete since the time I could dream.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And like, I don't know, did my classmates even know that was an option? But I came from a family of four girls, and we were allowed to wrestle, beat the shit out of each other, race. like create a game, wear a dress, scream, we could do whatever the hell we wanted, because that was all we had in the house, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, like, my dreams were never capped, and so in some ways, I'm like, it wasn't necessarily anything other than a naive day that I was like, oh, of course I can do this, of course I'm allowed to believe in myself, but I realized that, like, not everybody even was brought up in a world where they could believe in themselves, um, And so everything that I've said before, this doesn't come from anything other than, like, a little bit of luck in just, like, what my circumstances were being brought up. Like, the privilege to be in a household where, like, you know, we could maybe spend the money on the other, like, streaming service so that I could watch, like, the women play instead of the men. Like, those things that make me want to scream into the void every single day... (laughs) About, like, why is Michigan women's basketball always on some shitty Big Ten network? And I say this because my boyfriend's a Michigan fan. And so I'm <laughs> I was like, that's very, like, niche. Very specific. Because I'm always like, hey, buddy, hey, <laughs> let's watch some women's games. And he's like, I'm really trying. And I know that. But they'll play them at, like, 11 a.m. on a Tuesday on some, like, fourth streaming service. And you're just like, these women are, like, the best. Why are we relegating them to that? So yeah, that was an incredibly long tangent. Uh-huh. No, it
2: was, it was good. And I'm just, like, very interested. I mean, I'm interested just in the future in general because I feel like everything is always changing. But with women's sports and everything, I feel like we are slowly moving in a direction where it's becoming more prevalent on TV just in general, like more money and stuff. It's yes. just, I don't know, I feel like it's, like, so
3: slow moving. So what I will say, and I say this as somebody who's like, I actually... I'm a positive person. Like, <laughs> I could not be here right now if I wasn't.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, so anytime I sound negative on this, like, I'm positive, we're going, like, get it, girl, woo. But I'm also really conscious of the fact that, like, yes, it is growing, but, like, so is the men's game. <laughs> so at a certain point, we're in this weird circumstance where I worry because I don't know. Am I just following it? And that's why it seems like more. Like, does little Julie in the middle of the country, who's maybe not following, like, together, just women's sports, like, all the professional women's teams within your team, like, does she see that progress? Does she feel that progress? Because that's what I want to make sure happens. And sometimes it's unclear to me how much we're just speaking to each other <laughs> in our own little bubbles yes versus it actually being heard to that girl and i think that's why for so much of this stuff and 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 so much of the work that like long term i want to do within sports it's like we have to think about that and we have to think about who are we reaching like even with the nonprofit i founded when i say we do service work like it has taken time and effort and just so much like pride for me towards the women who are part of this program to like make sure we're targeting the girls who we want to which is the girls who aren't normally hearing from us it's Mm -hmm. the girls who are in underserved parts of the city and that's really hard and it takes more effort to do that like finding that girl who's not in your bubble is so hard but I think that's the work that more of us should be thinking about and more of us should be really fighting for and, and waking up every day and being like, yes, Twitter is giving me a thumbs up, but is it just my mom? Mm-hmm. I don't know.
2: <laughs> what does the mentorship side look like? Like what, what does that process look like with yeah. your team?
3: So what we've been doing, um, over the last like three or four months was more, um, like kind of, um singular like programming where it was more um like a a one day a one kind of um afternoon kind of event Mm -hmm. and now we've started off making it more of like a cyclical um programming where we're like every week the girls are expected to show back up there's um, a progression in the programming and and everything's meant to be about healthy sport so it's Mm -hmm. like a lot of the things that we're talking about um is what we're sharing where it's, it's less like go do your hurdle drills and it's more <laughs> like, Hey, so like, you know how we're all bred to always want to win. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Keep that fire. Do not change that. But don't go into the race being like, I want to win. Yeah. Cause you're not going to go into the race being like, I'm going to try to get out hard. I'm going to progress through and, and find ways to like pull that into your outside life. And it's not just about sports. Um, that was a really like, two second way to describe things that might take an hour (laughs) months of work but (laughs) um what we have right now going on is like a four-week session and and we're kind of in this phase of learning and being like hey we want feedback from the girls of like is that too short is that too long um do you want more check-ins in between and so I think what we're doing right now isn't necessarily what we're going to do forever but I think that's kind of the cool part about this is like I've just been learning so much from the women we've been working with of like, what do they need and what do they want? Because I will say as a white woman with a following, like I watch a lot of people and they'll just show up and be like, this is what you need and this is what you want and that's what I'm going to give you Mm -hmm. and get the hell out. Like that is not how you handle these things. Mm -hmm. Like mentorship is for that person, not for you. Um, And so, yeah, it's a long way of saying, like, that's where we are right now. But, like, we're excited to change and grow and adapt based on what the girls need, not what makes me feel good.
2: Yeah. I mean, and it's all trial and error because, again, you're, like, I feel like you're the first person to be doing this. So it is interesting just to see, like, how that's going to change over time with you and your team and and even the sport in general. Just getting more people involved in their communities and everything. And I think... Honestly, a lot of professional teams, maybe not a lot, but a decent amount of professional teams, I think, are trying to be more community-oriented. Or maybe that's all talk. I don't know. Yeah. But
3: I, I, I hope it's not. But I yeah. also hope that for the groups that are, again, they're making sure it's not their bubble. Yeah. Community. Yeah. Because I think that's what we so often do is, like, the danger to social media is, like, it really does just become you and your friends. And you really start thinking things are normal. And then you have Mary Kane calling you up and being like, "Hey, not everybody looks that way. Like, just a reminder. Stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And again, that sometimes this is hard, right? Because you're like, I want, like, I'm gonna sometimes post that shot of me in a sports bra and like own your body, like love yourself. I don't care how you look, like you're amazing. But I also think there's a danger to like, like, do you?
0: always
3: have to be sucking in your stomach in a photo like I know the tips and tricks to make yourself look skinnier (laughs) online like I've googled these things because I want to be able to educate girls on them Mm -hmm. and to me I'm like you know sometimes you see that in the shot and you're like oh you really had to do that angle Mm -hmm. really really honey like y'all already weigh 100 pounds and none of this is, like, ever meant to be critical of the individual themselves, because, like... No, it's just social media as a whole. I mean, like, it goes exactly.
2: beyond the running world. It's just social media. Yes.
3: And, and it's something that if you have a following, like, that is a privilege. You know? You... People will be like, oh, I earned it. No. You did not. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I mean, you ran fast. But, like, so did 20 other girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... There's a reason that people are following you and it's because they want they want to look up to you and Like share In a way that's responsible. Yeah, Um, and that takes time that takes educating yourself that also makes like takes making mistakes Mm -hmm. like no, I'm sure I've done things where I look back and I'm like ah facepalm like whoops, you know Um, and ask for help make mistakes like Call up Mary Kane and be like, do you have any advice? <laughs> you seem like you think about this stuff a lot. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I i feel i feel sometimes these are the conversations that aren't being had mm-hmm. because we're all too busy patting ourselves on the back, and I'm the one bitter old lady in the back of the room like, y'all suck! <laughs> you guys need to check yourselves. <laughs> so we're like, we're doing this for you, Mary. No, you're not. <laughs> what are you
0: talking about?
1: means you can travel worry free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: I love the idea of like trial and error and shooting your shot though that we were talking about earlier. And I'm curious about like how triathlon is going because that it's such a different sport than running. I mean, running is obviously involved, but, and you're doing, are you doing like, ITU Oh my god, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's like draft legal. That's intense. Yeah. How was that going? Or okay, before we even say how it's going, how did you get started
3: into it? Yeah. So this past summer, I guess it was like sometime in July, Joe Malloy, who was a 2016 Olympian, who now runs by the time it was called CRP, seemingly it's had a name change. I think it's like national development. I don't know. Everybody's still calling it CRP. I'm a little lost. Sorry, Joe. Anyway, <laughs> um, he actually had DM'd me, and I was, I, people don't get your hopes if I never check my DMs, I'm really sorry, <laughs> but I was checking because it was the week that we launched Atlanta. Yeah. That's how, I, why I know I was checking, and I saw this message from USATCRP, and it was from Joe, being like, hey, like, you used to swim, like, let's connect. So I called him up, and I was like, I have always kind of considered doing triathlon, I'm like, I'm kind of at this phase of my life where I just don't. To put it really bluntly, I don't think my body can handle running. I really don't think it can at that level. Um, or at least not short-term. And, and short-term, I just... I want something else. Yeah. And he was like, cool, we got a camp in a week. And I was just <laughs> like... <laughs> Let's shoot your shot, Mary! And so I went out. I learned how to like clip into a bike. I went for a forty-five mile bike ride. Oh. Day two. Oh my god! <laughs> and I was just halfway through that. I was like, oh, I didn't bring enough snacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in between then and now has been, um it has not been like balls to the wall. Like it was kind of like, you know, maybe a month of me being like, eh, sure, I'll try this. And then for, like, two months went kind of hard, and then I took, like, ten weeks off, did absolutely nothing, because I realized I needed to take a break and figure out, like, I've taken on a lot in my life. I was kind of at a point where I was trying to help everybody but myself, mm-hmm. and I was sort of, like, I need to take a little merry time and see, like, am I just doing this because I can't run anymore, or am I doing this because I want to do triathlon? 10 weeks later, I decided oh, I'm doing this because I want to do triathlon, and I called back up the CRP guys, and I was like, let's go. Let's do it again. <laughs> Run it back. Let's two. Go. <laughs> and since, like, probably, it's probably been, like, eight weeks now of uh, some start-stops. Like, there's just, you know, not, like, I got sick, I didn't do stuff for a week. There's yeah. probably been six weeks of triathlon, um, but I'm in it, and I'm, like, truly, truly in it.
2: Yeah. Well, how, like, how is the, how is triathlon? Like, do you enjoy
3: it? What's the ups? What's the downs of it so far for you? Yeah, I love it. I mean, I think, just to give some context, like, I was a competitive swimmer girl. Yeah. I wasn't, like, like, you know, my times as a 12-year-old, like, would have gotten me into CRP, like, from swim times. Yeah. Um, I was on track, based on the team I was on, to do very well in swimming as a, Seventh and eighth grader. I only walked away from it because it was kind of like, I could one day go to the state meet and like maybe win versus like I can go to the Olympics. So I, <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: State like, meet, Olympics, hmm. <laughs> like
3: do you want to swim? Yeah. Pro run. Yeah. And so that was part of the thing. Um, but I grew up, honestly only really having positive experiences on swim teams, not really on track teams. Like, Mm -hmm. loved my varsity swim team, loved my youth group swim team. High school track sucked, pro track sucked. And so I was kind of like, swimming's a safe space for me. Yeah. And I never myself out and never lost. Yeah, I was a, joy. I was going to
2: ask I was like, do you ever did you ever feel burnt out or something?
3: I was the girl who it was like by the time I, re- quote, unquote retired from my swimming career at 13. I retired at 11. Yeah. So, <laughs> I feel that. transition to running, so. Yeah, exactly. Um I was at that point where like girls were starting to do doubles and I <laughs> maybe swam 3 to 4 times a week and it was at that phase where people like I was like the usually like second to fourth best girl on the team. But like everybody swam more than me, so it was kind of at that point where I was like, okay, like maybe if I swim. Yeah, more, you gotta I'd
2: bump run. up the volume. Yeah, like time it, to wake up at 4 a.m. before school. Yeah,
3: and it was just kind of like no. <laughs> I well, you run. look at
2: you know you look at running. I mean the volume is just so different. So like, you're, different. You can't just run you know more and more and more. No.
3: Well, my first ever track workout I ever went to, I was just doing the kind of like you do a lap, you wait five seconds, you do a lap, you wait five seconds, and people were like, what are you? doing like you don't know anything and I was like oh, this is probably I better don't workout. <laughs> this is probably a better workout than what you're doing <laughs> um but yeah I I I love the swim it's super cool um bike I still don't know what I'm doing and I'm loving it though because it's kind of like it's sort of sexy when you're like yeah no turn. it's like, it's
2: so different than running it's so much more like adrenaline filled yes. I can't imagine like draft legal racing and everything yeah. that seems like a whole I mean, nother like,
3: kind of same <laughs> like like you know it was funny because i the week before i did like this sprint triathlon i guess this was last weekend god yeah it's like a week um i like announced the fact that i'm doing triathlon stuff and part of the reason is it's like track small triathlon there's like i said there's three people on track there's one person in triathlon so like everybody based on the group that i've joined like knew i was in it mm-hmm. and i just started to realize like oh my god like a little stressed, like I'm all nervous, like, oh my god, and then I was like, get, what? Like, you're only nervous because you're going into this race knowing, like, you haven't done shit, and, like, you don't even know how to, like, get off a bike, which I learned how to do. I do know how to get off a bike now.
2: Okay, good. My only skill. Have you fallen, like, when you were in the cliffs, like, when you first oh, started?
3: I mean, <laughs> so I passage. fell during the photo shoot to announce that I was doing triathlon. Like, I'm, like, I went into this being very, like, I want to come out ahead of doing this race and saying, like, hey i love this this is so much fun i've surrounded myself with awesome people like i'm doing this but also kind of f off yeah because naturally what happens is that then all of a sudden people take that and it's like mary kane's racing for a pro car yeah mary kane's going to the olympics and i'll be sitting there like oh my god i literally sat down to put my shoes on during the race i took like 45 seconds to clip my helmet on don't know what happened there Like, didn't really know how, like, I didn't know how to put my shoes on. There was, like, in your, when you're biking. Like, there were so many things that I had no idea how to do because I haven't done this before. And I loved that. And it made it so fun. And the whole race, I'm, like, laughing. I'm, like, sick during the race. Like, the whole, like, there was literally nothing I did well or right during that (laughs) whole race. But that was the point, you know? But I think what I, what drives me wild is that you will, especially within like the running side of things, but in general, you'll have this like random, you know, kind of track report of being like, well, Mary King didn't get her pro card. She was only like, whatever, like whatever. And I'll be sitting there like, don't tell kids that. Don't be like, Mary King didn't do well at the race. She didn't expect to do well and told everybody she's not going to do well, that she didn't do well. Because I know that I don't care. But if you're communicating that to a young person, like, this is somehow a failure to try new things and not immediately win the Olympics, yeah. that is so It's bad.
2: okay to be new at something. Yes. Even if you are a really good athlete, it's okay to try something new and not be the best at yes. it. Yes.
3: And we should... And I'm... This is not... Like, don't, I'm not saying this in, like, celebrate me way. Yeah. But, like, we should encourage that. Yeah. Celebrate that. Be excited about that. Because... It's the girls who are constantly trying new things and constantly learning, and, and even in, in high school, who are like, I'm still doing soccer, I'm still doing swimming, or in middle school and elementary school, like doing different things is good. And I feel because the way sports is structured, those same reporters would be like, well, you know, it's a performance sport and, like, you know, times matter or places matter. Okay,
2: well, this is my life and I'm doing what I want.
3: (laughs) Exactly. And it's also one of those things where it's like, yes, but context also matters. Yeah. Like, if somebody ran, like, a 35-minute 10K in a torrential downpour and got struck by lightning and got up, like, that matters. We need that context. It's not just a 35-minute 10K, right? Yeah. But this sport hides behind... Results, and I'm back to running. I'm back to being a better runner. It (laughs) hides behind numbers, and and I think our society does this, where we like to be like, it's just business, or like, and I always go deep because we know why I go deep when I say things like (laughs) this, Um, or like it's just numbers, like it's just the results, like um, you know whatever. You're like actually no though, numbers mean nothing. You can If you've ever taken a stats class, and maybe none of these people have taken a stats class, I don't know, (laughs) the whole thing you learn is, like, you can skew anything. You can make anything. I mean, that's why GMA, every other morning, like, coffee's going to kill you or coffee's going to save you, wine's going to kill you, wine's going to save you, because studies mean nothing. It's about how you twist the numbers. Mm -hmm. So this is a really long-winded way of me saying, like, I'm having so much fun. I still don't know what I'm doing. I'm joining a group that really knows what they're doing. But that's the best way to do it. And that's why I'm excited. Yeah. Where I'm like, I show up to practice and I just get throttled. And that is so fun for me. Yeah, I was like curious,
2: like, how are you handling that mentally? I mean, going from, I don't know, running is like so comfortable. It's like if you've done it for so long and you've had so much success in it. Like, how do you go from that to a completely new sport where you're just getting battered every day?
3: 100%. You laugh. Yeah. You know, maybe there's, like, one moment of, like, pure panic in the pool where you're like, oh, Oh my my God. God. (laughs) But otherwise, like, you laugh at yourself, you, you celebrate the people who are doing well, and you bring back that joyous spirit. And I think, you know, one thing that's always bothered me is that there's a space in between being able to laugh at yourself while still taking yourself fully seriously. Mm-hmm. Like I in no way am communicating to anybody that I like I'm in this sport cause I want to do freaking well at it mm-hmm. and I'm going to do everything right. And, I, and by that it means probably nothing right because there's no such thing as right and wrong in sport. But like, I'm going to, I mean, other than like don't do drugs, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it seems like people can't do that. Right. Um, but other than that, like, I'm gonna really give my all to this. And I wanna, I wanna dream big in this sport. But you can do that and also laugh at yourself. Yeah. And I find it frustrating that people kind of feel it's like you either need to be like, you know, in the pool, like working it out. I don't even know what the hell that meant. <laughs> or you have to, or you're not taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, no, no. I can be in there like thrashing, like killing myself to keep up. And still have a giggle at the end where I'm, like, damn, those girls are good. Because, like, I've joined Paolo Sousa's squad. Yeah. Like, those girls are amazing. Like, Summer Rappaport is one of the best swimmers in triathlon. Like, I've been in the pool with her, and after day one, like, I got out a little early because, like, homegirl at the time had been training for, like, two weeks. The
2: shoulders couldn't move
3: anymore. (laughs) Honestly, I went to that camp, and I still look back, and I'm, like, oh, my God, I've been training for two weeks, and I just showed up to Paolo's cruise. Like, and they were kind of all, like, oh... Like,
2: I'm just surprised that you threw yourself into it, like, at a camp. You're like, yeah, I I'm just, just like,
3: I was just, like, I want to see what good is. Yeah. Because, I don't know, like, in track, you can be, like, this is what good is here at times. Yeah. But in triathlon, I was, like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't I have no idea. And so I showed up, and I was just, like, I'm here. I've been training for two weeks. I took 10 weeks off. Let's go. And they were definitely all, like, what? what? <laughs> like, we're actually really, really good. Yeah. And I'm just, like. Yes, and that is why I'm here. Yes, and I'm here, and I
2: will follow your lead. Yes, you.
3: And I got out. You of take work.
2: it. You start the wor- the whirlpool in the in the lane. Let's go.
3: Hundred percent. Got out of my first workout, and I was just like, that was so much fun. And you could tell Paolo was like, you good? You okay? Yeah. Like you stressed? Do you? You all good? And I was like, that was the most fun I've had in like forever in sport. And I said because it was so cool being able to be like, that is what is competitive. I'm gonna hold on to her feet as long as I can that's going to maybe be 10 meters and then I'm going (laughs) to do it again on the next lap and I'm just going to do it for as long as I can. Um, and you know, part of the reason I think I have such a healthy mindset for this is because I've been in sport for a long time and I've seen what an unhealthy mindset can do not only to me personally, but people at large. Um, and I'm very cognizant that like my sport journey round two, I want to be a little bit more, like, open and share more. And I couldn't do that round one because social media didn't exist when I was starting out. Um, And also, and then it kind of, like, hit a point where it was almost like it was hard for me to share and I didn't want to because I just, I didn't necessarily have the belief in myself that I was talking about that made me resilient to, like, mean people. But now I'm like, nope, round two, I have that belief. I have that resilience. And maybe somebody else watching me take this super seriously and still laugh, will like, help them say, like, screw random media thing, who cares Married and get her pro card day one, who cares I don't get my pro card day one, let me keep showing up trying. Yeah.
2: And I think that comes with age too, I feel like you just keep learning things along the way, like you were saying earlier, you look at your 18 year old self and you're like, nah, I don't even recognize that person. Oh my
3: god, that girl is so sad. I mean, sometimes, <laughs> some people be like, oh, I went to University of Portland my freshman year, and I'll just be like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm like I hope you never saw me, <laughs> like the ghost girl who walked around campus probably crying. <laughs> like I'm so sorry if you saw that. And like I I said that to one person and they were like, "Yeah, you did seem really sad." And I was like, "Oh, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh no!" You know, because like people lived in that dorm building and mm-hmm. I was like walking to my dorm crying every single day. And I'm just like... you lived
2: in the dorms. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you were like full on professional runner living in the dorms. Yes. That's wild. Yeah
3: was the whole thing didn't make any sense like none of that made any sense i was gonna ask i was like where did you live in portland but i was in ship's dad, norm represent sorry guys that part was rough that was probably really bad i mean i just probably i mean like i was i had a severe eating disorder and i was severely depressed mm-hmm. and i'm just like i'm sorry if you saw that <laughs> but also like i don't know maybe maybe seeing that made people be like don't do that but you've also I mean you've come out (laughs) the other side so it's
2: like it's just I don't know keep progressing and learning from past experiences and like I mean it's nice to see you transition to something that like you're passionate about and you're excited to like jump on into and I mean, you want to do well, but also not, like, putting on this insane pressure on yourself to yeah. succeed immediately, because then that, like, takes the fun out of it, too.
3: Yeah, and I think part of it is, too, is, like, I don't know, like, I watched the Winter Olympics, like, I, I love watching the Olympics, it's always super fun, and so you always get that people who will be like, well, do you want to go to the Olympics? And I'm like, yeah, like, I want to be one of those figure skaters, because Nathan Chen's super cool, and I think we'd be friends, right? <laughs> like, that is who I am as a person. Like, yeah. You never... I will be 50 sitting on the couch being like, yeah, I want to go to the Olympics. Like, I am a competitive person. I love sports. I have a drive. Like, that is just a baseline, like, no shit Sherlock. Yeah why are we even bringing this up yeah. like my mom you wants know, to you know
2: you know i want to go to the olympics like we yeah. don't need to talk about it.
3: but it's also like that doesn't make me special yeah like we have all these stories of people being like i wanted to go to the olympics since i was six and then i achieved my dream and i went to the olympics and i was like that's all you wanted to do when you were six like same obviously obviously wanted to be a pro athlete but like also there was more than just that mm-hmm. like one i thought i would be in medical school i thought i was doing jenny thompson You know didn't happen but like that's okay still could but also I think I don't know (laughs) long way of me saying like I think it would be hard to be pregnant (laughs) in medical school and at this point I think I'd be like an older lady doing it
2: okay that makes sense you know what's like your main goals for sport for life like what do you want to get out of the experience of being a woman in sport yeah Other than going to the Olympics.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what I want is like, I want to die knowing the next girl has it better than me. You know? And that sounds really brutal, but I don't think I am, like, I could win the Olympics tomorrow. Literally. Like, what's today? 13th? Me too. I could win the
2: Olympics tomorrow too. Literally
3: March 14th. Let's put on the Emma Mary Olympics. We can both win an event. Literally. We will then be Olympic champions. (laughs) And I will look you dead in the eye and say, like, cool. Yeah. Like, amazing. Don't want to undersell that. Like, I'm going to be happy. The Olympic
2: gold medalist listening, they're like, wow, thanks.
3: uh, Yeah, honestly, honey, like, you need to hear this. Because at the end of the day, like, of course I want to do that. Who the hell is that helping? Yeah. Is it even really helping you outside of money? And like personal achievement, and like, it's like internal vague, fulfillment, and like and don't get me wrong, like my mom's gonna be super hyped, but like my mom's gonna be super hyped at like a billion things that I do. You know what I mean? Like my mom was super hyped when I got Nala. Like I peaked as a child <laughs> for her, right? Like there's a certain point where I I sound harsh, and in no way am I saying that I don't still dream of these things or want these things or wouldn't be thrilled, but it's just kind of like that's not the end game, yeah, because. I just look at the way our world of sport is structured and it's kind of like horrible. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, Mary Kane, want to win the Olympics at this point in my life because I think it would help elevate my voice to create change. I know from experience that the better you do in sport because of this horrible toxic nature <laughs> of how this is set up. You do have more of a voice. Like, you do gain a little bit of agency the better you do. Yeah. Hate that. Hate that. But if I can do that, maybe I can create more change so that's less of a thing. But I'm also like, if that doesn't happen, I'm anyway doing that work. Yeah. And yeah, maybe it'll get me a little bit more eyeballs on my team and my missions and and the work that I'm doing. But I'm kind of like, if you're just winning an Olympic medal in isolation and there's nothing else to it, Cool, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, I, I won, like... No, I, like, I don't know. Like, I won my, like, state meet as a freshman. Like, who did that help? <laughs> no one.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah. That, I feel like that just creates a lot of internal fulfillment, too. It's just, like, making the sport a better place when you leave it. Like... Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. And I think what you're doing is you're making steps towards that. Like, mm-hmm. you're becoming a game changer in the entire world of women's sports, and it's very... It's very exciting. I think you're doing a good job so far, so <laughs> Thank I appreciate. It. I'm sure a lot of other people appreciate it. Um, one last question I have is, do you have any advice to like your younger self? That's so broad, but is there any like
3: overarching piece of advice that you would give? Yeah. You know, I I think maybe what's more helpful is to give it to another girl, and I think the reason is is that like some of the advice that I would give somebody now I can't give my younger self. Yeah. Because again, social media didn't exist. Like. In, in some ways, it was easier to be her yeah. than it is to be the girl now. In other ways, it was harder because, like, Mary Game didn't exist back then except for that girl. Yeah. And there was no New York Times piece, so <laughs> I was kind of lost in a brain. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think to a younger person now, I would say my biggest piece of advice is to keep shooting your shots. But also... Love that. <laughs> do not be afraid to miss. Mm-hmm. And I say that because like you know it's okay to be the girl on the swim team who's like I'm swimming three to four days a week they're swimming seven but like this is part of my process like I'm going to progress I look at a lot of people like even now that I'm in the sport of triathlon who like I'll just see young people and they'll be already training 25 30 hours a week and I'm just like I don't know where you go from here. yeah and I think as a young person don't hold yourself back don't be like I'm this age so I can't speak up or I don't have a voice or I don't matter but also be like I don't need to be a 25 year old tomorrow I don't need to be a 30 year old tomorrow like you can be where you are right now as a rock star stand up for yourself dream big do all those things but also not feel like you have to be the girl next to you the girl behind you the girl in front of you or the girl who is 10 years older than you Mm -hmm. you know And I think that's why for me, like, I I recently made my Strava public after, like, much hemming and hawing on my part because my biggest concern with that and my biggest frustration with people who post about their training is that I'm, like, Always give a context warning. Yeah. I'm a 25 year old woman. Do not copy me. Who has done this for years. And don't be wrong. If you look at it right now. There'd probably be some triathletes like. Oh honey. I'm not doing your training. I barely train. And I'll be like. I had a cold this week. I'm sorry. I was doing the responsible thing. Um, But in all seriousness. Like. I think. There is going to be information overload. If you want to find it. And. At the end of the day. Like. Believing in yourself. And your own path is always gonna make you resilient to whatever Jenny down the street is doing or whatever the hell that crazy Mary King girl is doing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I think even like role models who you're like, well, they seem to be doing it right. Like, you know, like they seem to be doing a good job. Also don't copy them. Mm-hmm. Like also don't copy the people who are doing it right. Because at the end of the day, like you do not know anybody except for yourself like literally yeah like who the, you know you, it, Emma. <laughs> yeah no you don't know what's
2: going on behind the scenes at all ever
3: never yeah you know you don't know what they're eating you don't know what they're how they're sleeping you don't know what the rest of their day looks like and i mean this is something i think a lot about where it's like i don't just do sports right now in my life yeah and that affects what i can do in sports not in some negative, like, again, insert Mary's deep voice of, like, you can't do as much. No, I don't mean that. Yeah. But it might mean I have to sleep more. Yeah. It might mean I have to eat more. Um. It might mean I have to, like, protect times. Or, like, I'm going to respond better to working in the evening and mm-hmm. exercising in the morning. And, like, those things I might be making decisions about for reasons other than sport. And, like, unless you know that, mm-hmm. you don't know that. Yeah. Well, I love this conversation, and I just love
2: talking to you. I mean, I've, it's a long time coming. I really just wanted to talk to you and, like, hear about your experiences and everything because I just – I love the concept of shooting your shot because I'm the same way. I just shoot my shot, see what sticks, see what I like to do. A 25-year-old Got to do it. transitioning, like, out of competitive running. It's just, like, interesting to always hear. And, like, being an entrepreneur, too, just changing the way things are done. It's awesome. So where can people follow you if
3: they don't already yeah, um, I guess on social media, I think I'm run Mary Kane, um, I guess it's Instagram and Twitter, and then our Instagram handles for my team is NY. that's both on Instagram and Twitter, and then our website's AtalantaNYC.com, if you want to check us out, or you want to reach out.
2: Yeah, is there um, any way, like, people can support you?
3: Yeah, I mean, I honestly, like, I'm at a place in my life where it's like when I have people reach out about me individually, I'm like, that's so nice. Thank you. But here's my team. Yeah. 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 I'm like, here's the other women who I love. Yeah. Um, and so I think just like reaching out through those platforms, like definitely is, is the way to go. Um, cause if you reach out to me directly, I don't really read my DMs, <laughs> I don't read my DMs. So, yeah. And even like the one weird day where I will, like, I'm going to be like so Atalanta. Yeah. Um, and I, I think a lot of that is just because I, i'm really really here to walk the walk yeah you know like i think after doing my new york times piece it was a really um eye-opening experience for me and i think there are a lot of people who stop there and i think this world would be a much better place if people kept going if they use that as actually their beginning and not their end i love that well
2: thank you so much mary for coming on the show love talking to you to close out the podcast can we get a good old peace out fellas Peace out, fellas. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Commas Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope the audio was okay because, again, (laughs) I did it in person and I never do podcasts in person. And I also did not have my microphone on me. So thank you for bearing with me on that. I hope you enjoyed the episode with Mary and got to know her a little bit better. Again, thank you so much for rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts. It seriously means the world. If you don't already follow us on Instagram, go check us out at Pod on that platform to be up to date on the latest episodes and to submit listener questions. Thank you all so much for listening again, and I will catch you all next week. Peace out, fellas.